Today's show is brought to you by uh, Mount Gay Rum. You know what I'm saying? Uh, go up to your local liquor store and use promo code <laughs> The Poetry Gods. Yeah. And the way it works is they're going to turn you down and you have to assure them. That's it. You have to really, really sell it. Yeah. Because they don't want to give it to you. So you got to really tell them it's the promo code. And or it's a DJ Khaled. They don't want to give it to you. <laughs> they don't want to give you the Mount Gay. But you should have it because yeah. capitalism and aren't we all allowed a free bottle of rum now? Yeah, like Shout out to the sponsor. Thank you, Mount Gay, for bringing us this episode. We're live from uh, Studio Brooklyn Hummus Emporium. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yo, John really got down today. Yo, John mm-hmm. added a secret weapon to today's show. He added some homemade pesto. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And to the hummus itself, a blend of hot sauces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Z was like one hot sauce. Z Say it like, again to the folks in the back. You can't just put one hot sauce. Talk about it. Also, Tabasco never counts as a hot sauce. No, Facts. no Tabasco. Facts. But today, no, you um, know what? I started going to Gloria's and they have the little sides of pepper sauce. And if you buy like what? fifteen of them and then keep them in a jar, you just have a, like. A <laughs> You're a genius. Wow, that's genius. <laughs> Well, today I think we're really blessed to have um, none other than the one, the only Jive Poetic joining us in Brooklyn Studios. And it's it's fitting that it's Brooklyn. I feel like you are the most Brooklyn person I am aware of. I would love to quote that and put that on things. Do it. (laughs) Put that on t-shirts and and buttons and stickers. Word. I feel like it's you and Ishmael Islam who are the most Brooklyn people I know. Shout out to Ish. Yeah, young Ish. Oh, Ishy? Yeah, man. I, I always randomly see Ish in Brooklyn looking very Brooklyn-like. <laughs> he looks the most brooklyn It's true. It's true things. Totally. Very true. All right, so should we get into uh, the first segment of, of the show? Yeah. Uh, you know what time it is. It's time for What's, what's on, on Your Mind? mind. <laughs> John Sands, what's on your mind? Uh, what's on my mind is that, so this is episode eight. Uh, however, uh, it is actually and officially episode 10. And what that means <laughs> uh, is true. we have recorded two secret episodes that came before our episode with Jason Smith. There uh, were three episodes. Well, three, three secret episodes. Have... There were three? There was the one in the Berkshires, the one that kicked it all off. Right. The pilot, pilot. Mm-hmm. There was the the Poetry Slam fantasy draft. Oh, I forgot about the Poetry Slam, poetry fantasy, slam draft. fantasy draft. That's Can't never going to make it. We can never talk people, about it. Sorry, unfortunately. Okay. Dumb secret. We might do another teams. Poetry Slam fantasy draft. <laughs> we should. We can't, we can't do that. I'd be interested, actually, in John's Poetry Slam We were all very happy with our teams. Yeah. True. Yeah. And I understand why we, why, you know what I mean? Why it can never go public. Because there was one very controversial team. There was a very controversial you know? team. And I get it. It featured. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, yeah, like we also, but we also have. I can't even uh, talk about 
Nabi's on. No, too. but right. we also have um, <laughs> we also have an episode with Nabi with Nabil Lovelace. Well, that's so coming soon. Yeah, seven. That's episode seven. Well, that's seven. This okay, is but episode eight. eight. Yes. We're in a weird time where we're recording an episode before the episode yes. with Nabi has been released. So when you're hearing this, you're going to be saying that episode with Nabi. That was great. Real time. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the conversation. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. But, uh, so I'm thinking of our first episode, which was actually recorded for about a half an hour between Jose, Aziza, and I on a couch in the Berkshires after mm-hmm. a long weekend at the Solid Sound Music Festival. And we kind of recorded it halfway as a joke, but... <laughs> We had a really interesting conversation that has stayed with me about what makes a good love poem Mm. uh, and how to write a good love poem and specifically how not to write a really whack love poem. Mm. Uh, And there was a story that I told you two during that time that's like been on my mind because I've been trying to think of how... Honestly, I just got the new Adesalis Girmay book and Mm -hmm. she I think has the widest scope of anybody I've ever seen who is like steadfastly acknowledging the injustices of the world while Mm -hmm. also having an eye to spot every beautiful thing worth celebrating oftentimes in the same sentence yeah Uh, and so I was thinking about that in the context of a love poem and uh, I wanted to tell the the story of, uh, of my friend, I have a good friend, uh, and she was telling me the story of how she ended up uh, engaged to the man that she now has you know, two kids with, and they've been together for a long time. And she had felt for a very long time that she you know, just was never going to get married to anybody. You know her, actually. She booked us for <laughs> a reading together in the fall. Oh! Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> John looked so surprised for a second. He was like, I know her? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so her and her, you know, then boyfriend were together for seven years. And he had told her, I think we're going to get married. And she had been like, you're a fool. And (laughs) it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then he just kind of like, you know, thought, okay, you know, you're saying that, but I I think it will, you know. Uh, And seven years later he proposed to her and she said yes and she wanted to say yes and that night she woke up in the middle of the night and and she knew that she wanted to leave and she knew that her body was saying that it was like time to time to go and she put on you know like her boots and she was walking out the door and she had like left a note that said I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna leave the car in town so you can get it but that's where I need to like catch the bus mm-hmm. and she said she had her hand on the doorknob and she looks over and he is not asleep he's in bed and his eyes are open and he's watching her and he's laughing and he's not laughing for any other reason than because he knew that this is how this story would play out. Wow. He knew he knew her well enough to know that her body would react in this way, and he didn't begrudge her for this, and he loved her in that moment. And she, I never will forget this, said, you know, what else was there to do in that moment but to take off my boots and to crawl back into bed and to spend my life with this man wow. who loves me wow. not... Uh, in spite of my perception of whatever I perceive my flaws to be, but loves me 
in fact, for the fullness of the person that I am and the special ways in which my body react. That's amazing. And I feel like that on its own is the perfect love poem. It couldn't yeah. get more dynamic yeah. than those two things. Uh, and so that's on my mind, yeah. And you, and you telling that I'm remembering the context in which you like remember that story, that that story came to the forefront for you. And it's because Aziza and I were talking about how in love poems, you know, what part of what makes it difficult is you try and like present your beloved as this magical sort of flawless figure. And and you know, we were talking about how really. That's like a bad uh, motivating factor, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 in fact a false one. Like and so then you told this story about how it's actually the flaws mm. that really draw us in, really that that really make it unique. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah unique and and also like I don't know. I remember one time this one particular dude wrote me a love poem over the summer Woo. and sent it yeah and sent it to me through <laughs> Facebook chat. Welcome, welcome to the poetry no. gods, yo. Y'all love me, so I'm here. Libra. Libra. Whatever. I'm a Libra too. Libra's a little Special If anyone is interested, I'm an Aquarius, not me. I Go ahead. Love poem in the inbox. So love poem in the inbox, right? And I'm like 19. No, I'm 18. And I'm reading this shit and I'm like, oh my God, and he's a poet. And it's just like poety. And I show it to my Auntie Stephanie. Shout out to my Auntie Stephanie, recent subscriber to the gods. Wait, when you say poety, what do you mean? I mean, he's a poet, but you go, a poet ass nigga wrote me a poem. Like, that's what I mean. This is my kind of you lost your wings. No, no, not no wings. To his credit, no wings. It was mostly about like the quilts that I sleep in and the blanket and Netflix that I watch. You know, like it it was close, right? It was close. But to my aunt, it was close, but no cigar. She was like, "How you know this about you?" I was like, "What do you mean?" He sent it to me. She's like, "Yeah, I don't see your name in it." I don't see no markers. I mean, everyone watches Netflix. Yeah. Quilts. Lots of people I can make a quilt. Cards. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and and I, the more I looked at it, the more I was like, fuck. People do watch Netflix. <laughs> Lots of people watch Netflix. <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't crushed. I was like, I know he wrote that for me, but like, it, it wasn't a truly successful love poem. And I feel like a really successful love poem is um, the one that Matthew Olsman wrote for Vivi Francis. Ooh. The Mountain Dew one. Yes. That's my shit. I love that That poem. shit is like fucking Bananasville. I, I really... It's amazing because he's like... You know, he, he talks about... He ends the poem with like that one time that you spent like your last dollar to buy me Mountain Dew just because you heard me say I liked it. Yeah. You know, like, Let me look up this yeah, poem. look up this poem. It's right worth. Now. I think it's worth a, a quick read. read. It's a short. Can I read it? I really want to read it. I want to read it. You no, but I brought it up. You did. All right, you read Thank it. you. Should read it like a group piece. Oh, we could do that. Do that. I'll just point. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'll point when you could start. Is okay. that does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Mountain Dew commercial disguised as a love poem. Here's what I've got. The reasons why our marriage might work, because you wear pink but write poems about bullets and gravestones because you yell at your keys when you lose them and laugh loudly at your own jokes because you can hold a pistol. Got a pig. 
because you memorize songs, even commercials from 30 years back, and sing them when vacuuming. You have soft hands, because when we moved, the contents of what you packed were written inside the boxes. Because you think swans are overrated. Because you drove me to the train station, you drove me to Minneapolis, you drove me to Providence. Because you underline everything you read and circle the things you think are important and put stars next to the things you think I should think are important and write notes in the margins about all the people you're mad at and my name almost never appears there. Because you make that pork recipe you found in the Frida Kahlo cookbook. <laughs> because when you read that essay about Rilke, you underlined the whole thing except the part where Rilke says love means to deny the self and to be consumed in flames. Because when the lights are off, the curtains are drawn, and an additional sheet is nailed over the windows. You still believe someone outside can see you. And one day, five summers ago, when you couldn't put gas in your car, when your fridge was so empty, not even leftovers or condiments, there was a single 21-ounce bottle of Mountain Dew. Which you paid for with your last damn dime. Because you once overheard me say that I liked it. <laughs> Yo, shout That's out to Matthew Ultimate. Yeah. I'm in love right now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to send all sorts of reckless text messages. All sorts of people about to get reckless text messages. So I'm like, I mean, hey, hey, it's spring. Hey, Yo, it's I spring. also think... Yo, fam, I get, uh, can I go to what's on my mind? Yeah, It's actually a part of it. What is on your mind? Thank you. So I had an original thing that's on my mind, but I think this has been on my mind longer, and that other thing, you know, wait till next time. Hey. Um, spring. Okay, so I get a lot of reckless texts, emails, voicemails, incoming calls, letters in spring from motherfuckers who realize they fucked up. And it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. And don't worry, they ain't gonna get shaded on. They don't even listen to the fucking thing. Um, <laughs> but, um, but what's amazing to me is that you know, two weeks earlier could be winter, mm. and then the sun comes out, mm -hmm. the flowers bloom, the crickets are cricketing, and the frogs are frogging, and you hear all the <laughs> shit, and I get pollen on my car and a text message from a dumb nigga. You know what I mean? And it's just like, oh wow! And I was like, why is this? Why is it that every spring, you know what I mean? Tell like, them. some cicadas die, and you call me. Like, mm. why? You think it's pheromones? I think it's. I think it is. I think you remember that you're part of like the the animal kingdom. Um, you know, in spring things are blooming. The sun's finally out. You're out of the cave. But if we hibernated like bears, we would know it for what it was. We kind of like semi hibernate, where we're like, I'm, I'm eating a lot and I'm sleepy a lot. Like we don't do the full kick into sleep. Mm -hmm. But you wake up a little bit and you're looking around. And you're like, oh. Oh, I want children one day and like you're nice and you smell not bad and you have a tan you know and then the texts begin so I don't know I was thinking about like oh are they just dumb and bothering me and da, da, da. it's like no they're part of this bigger ecology and as are you and and it's being recognized and you do the same thing too so calm down person that I am um, <laughs> yeah I'm thinking about that a lot like we really as humans try to divorce ourselves from this big 
thing we're a part of. It's a big party. Everyone's like doing stuff. Like trees, man. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> trees are part of the party. Shout out the trees. Yo, you know what I'm saying? Right? And like in Mississippi, there are so many different kinds of green trees. Mm. Like you can't not throw a rock and, and hit a tree. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. ooh, hello tree. There's just so much more of them than us. And uh, I'm just remembering, like, and, and my friend Andrew, he saw, like, on a walk, two snakes mating, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you're, we're so thoroughly not divorced from nature mm-hmm. down there. And so I, I was like, man, why am I getting this dumb shit? Why am I getting these emails requesting vague things of my time that I don't have? And it's like, because, you know, innately, if you didn't see the snakes mating, you know that somewhere animals are doing a thing that you want to be part of on some level, you know? So, what does it even look like when snakes make? It looks like they coil around each other in a helix. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's beautiful and frightening because you the don't see one of their heads. Like, they tuck it down like this. It's, it's very... I wish um, y'all could see what the was doing. <laughs> you just, you just, just tuck your chin into your chest and then that's one of the snake's faces. <laughs> Um, one of the snakes. You know, the other one is just like, hey. <laughs> the other one is like, hey. Like, cheating. Yeah, I mean, my friend took a long walk. I don't know how he saw how long he saw them snakes. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew Daly, incredible hey. poet. But yeah, just that's what's been on my mind. It's like every time I get a dumb text, I try to be really, you know, kind to myself and them about it. I'm like, you know what? That's all right. We animals. You're bothering me because you have technology able to do so. But if you didn't, I'd just be a snake in Mississippi and you'd be a snake in wherever the fuck you are, you know? But wow. since, since you're wow. not. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That's, that's really kind and generous. You know I mean, I don't saying? answer, but I, I feel kind. Yeah, when, when right. even the non-answer is yeah. kind. You know what I mean? Because you yeah. could answer. You could be like, yo... Listen, you're a snake in New York City. You need to stay in New York City. <laughs> you know, and, and I could also be, like, I've, I've had... I just know that for me, if I respond at all, it'll send me down a rabbit hole. Mm. It'll be like, oh, now we're getting responses. Mm. I've been trapped so many times. But I thought I was just, like, you know, being defiant, like, hey, nigga, hi again, I'm fly, whatever, nah. And then it's just like, you know, you're hurt, actually. Mm-hmm. And he's going to know that, or she's going to know that. And then you're going to be, you know, open, because that's kind of what you usually are. And then you're going to find yourself with them again. And be like, how the hell did I get here? And it's like, well, because you answered the one yeah. dumb text in the springtime. Because it was spring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jose, what's on your mind? Um, you know, besides these reckless text messages I'm about to send. Yo, yo, fam, you know ladies, I mean? if you get any weird texts on on a sun, Saturday, May 14th, you know why we yeah. were recording. Yeah, but also when you hear this, it's probably too late. <laughs> <laughs> you probably already started, you know I mean? in which case, you know what I mean? <laughs> you got snaked in. <laughs> Hello, you know what I mean? It's nice to meet you again. No, no. <laughs> uh, what's on my mind? I've been thinking a lot about, this is kind of related, kind of not. I've been thinking a lot about uh, consumption. I've been thinking about, um, 
I was hanging out. Two two different stories come to mind. One was in Los Angeles mm-hmm. at AWP. It was the first time I'd been to Los Angeles in in, in a long time, like ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went to In and Out with my with my homie Nate Marshall. <laughs> Shout out to Nate Marshall. Uh, and we we ate our hamburgers, which were quite good. Um, and we go outside and we start to walk back towards the car, and Nate just sits down on a bench. And I was very confused. I was like, yo, the car's over there. <laughs> like, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, yo, we got time. Just mm. sit down with me. Let's, let's sit on this bench. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I was very confused and very panicked. And I, I realized at that moment that, like, I, I, I wasn't really present. You know what I mean? Like, I was... The way that I've kind of learned to, to survive and live in New York has always been, like, moving from one thing to the next. So I'm like... I'm here, but I'm not here. I'm thinking about, like, whatever I have to go do next, right? Tonight, the day we're recording this, we're recording another podcast right after, and then I'm going to a reading that Aziz is doing. You know what I mean? Like, my mind is already eight hours ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying to think about how to stop that, you know what I'm saying? How to slow down uh, and be present where I'm at and really honor the people that I'm sitting with, you know what I mean? And honor myself so that I don't... Because then if I get into that pattern, then... Uh, I'm not really, like, I eat good food, but I'm not tasting it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I have good conversations, but I'm not hearing it. I, like, huh. and I'm, I'm thinking about that, you know, in, rela- in relation to, like, to, to, like, romance and relationships, too. Like, I'm with different people, but I'm not there all the way. You know what I mean? Like, my, I just, like, have been having a hard time slowing down and, like, really being present all the way. So that's... That's what I've been thinking about. Is like, how do I make a better effort at really, really being present where I'm at and enjoying like all, all the good shit that I've been blessed with. And I've, lately, it's been a lot of good shit, you know. <laughs> um, and I haven't really been enjoying it all the way. So that's what I'm thinking about. Do you feel like I? I feel like. Well, I'll say how I feel. Like for re, for me, I totally uh, identify with what you're talking about, and I think it's what sends me into either. A classroom or in front of an audience because mm-hmm. those feel like two of the only times where I am completely void of what's happened before that moment and what is coming afterward yeah. there is a presence that's required almost by necessity and maybe when we record these podcasts because Actually, we hit record yeah. and you and your body has to like yeah check in you know yeah. Uh, especially now that we have evidence that people listen to this. <laughs> Which before, oh, it no. was not shout the out, case. Shout out to everybody that thank listens you everybody. to the podcast. Everybody that's been tweeting at us. Yo, we oh. get so many tweets and, thank and you. I Facebook found out her comments. Name, it was Lauren. Uh, and I met her, the, the shorty that won the glass of bourbon at mm. our Breakbeats event. I saw her again yesterday at Poet's House. Oh, yeah, So, yeah. thank you, Lauren. Yeah. That's, a, that's Lauren Clark. She works yeah, yeah. at Poet's House. No, I know. House. And she yeah. knows you and yeah. all this stuff. I, I didn't know her for real. You right. know? So, thank you, Lauren. Yeah. Shout out to Lauren Clark. For hey. the close listening. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. So, like, where do you go for presents? Um, I, think, I think there's a couple... I think performances for sure. I'm present because I'm trying to be like with the crowd and I'm trying to to really be mindful of that conversation. That you know, to me, performance is like a conversation. I want to be a part of that, 
And then, like, conversations with, with close friends that I trust. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, in the last week, Nate was in town. So I, like, got to kick it with Nate and, and really check in. And, and Nate is someone who, like, I've known him a decade. So, like, he's not going to let me get away with, like, the, oh, I'm good. You know what I mean? Everything <laughs> is good. Da, 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 da. Like, he, he'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, for real, how you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's not someone in my life who would let me get away with that. Yeah. Um, that's important though. and 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 he's also you know he he also slows down and like shares where he's at and so when someone like shares something with you i think that it's hard not to reciprocate at least for me it's hard yeah. not to reciprocate and be like present with them and be like oh shit like i might have been tuning out a second ago i might have been on twitter but like now i'm here like, i'm very you know, not on twitter now i'm yeah. very not on twitter you know yeah. what i mean uh so for me those are the two things but i, I really want to make it part of my my everyday routine because for real like i've had conversations where people were like you know they watch me and they're like yo you didn't put that sandwich down the entire time you were eating you know what i mean i'd be like or sandwich or phone because we're eating sandwich sandwich no i was eating the sandwich but i was just like racing through it you know what i mean like i take my lunch break at my desk you know what i mean like i and it's sunny now so like i I want to go outside and like spend my lunch out in the sunlight you know what i'm saying uh so I want to like just slow down and and figure that out. I feel like, you know, I do I do sometimes I'm better at it than others, but I I, I like want to make a real effort to make that a practice of mine going into the summer. Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah, man. So maybe we'll shift gears now over to the incredible Jive Poetic, and of hey, course hey. the first question of the interview. All right. What's on your mind? It's on my mind. All right. So. I don't know what's on my mind. This this this, uh, this conversation just sat through. Uh, put a lot of things on my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just thinking what you said about eating lunch too. I mean, in a world where everything is so busy, I find myself eating lunch while walking to another place. <laughs> so like yeah. like if I'm going like from a show to a class or a class or a workshop, yeah. I just grab like a slice or I grab like a patty and then I eat and I walk in and that's my eating experience, my dinner experience. Mm-hmm. I'm eating and walking and working at the same time. And you're right it's about. Damn, I was hoping as someone that's lived in New York for a long time that you'd be like, yo, the secret is... <laughs> that's the secret. The secret is get that slice, fold it down, and get on the train. That's the secret, man. The secret is, what are you doing sitting down here? You got somewhere to be, all right? You don't oh, have somewhere man. to be, what's wrong with you? That's, the, that's it. That's 100% the secret. Mm. Eat food that you can walk with. Uh, walkable foods. Walkable foods. That's why we have pizza slices on every corner. You yeah, fold like them joints and you walk. You get a patty from the store, you eat it, you walk. That's it. You don't <laughs> sit down and eating. What is wrong with you? <laughs> work to do. You got work to do. You got some class or some show or something. Somebody yeah. needs to engage your brain in something. So you mm. can't be just sitting around. You know? Mm. So, but yeah, I mean, what's been on my mind lately is just, just how. How technology has really changed human interaction, mm-hmm. right? What um, do you mean by that? I mean, it's like I have, I have friends who I've never met. I've never seen them in real life. I have no clue yeah. what their voice sounds like. Wow. But I talk to them reg- like once a day. Yeah. You know, and I, we've never, I phone call, nothing. I don't know. There's some of them don't even live in the country. Some of them are completely different time scales. I know they had the, the earthquakes over in, in Nepal and in Malaysia and all these things. And it's like, I'm like worried about these friends. I'm like, yo, I have these, I gotta go check. I gotta get on yeah. Facebook. Facebook's gotta tell me where my friends are. And yeah. then Facebook kicked me off Facebook the other day and I was like, what am I gonna do? I, I've lost the whole community of people. Wait, what? It like kicked you off? Facebook locked uh, me. Facebook locked me out. They didn't. They didn't. They. All right. So every time if I like 
too much militant stuff, too much political stuff, or Are you whatever. Serious? They kick me off. They, they they say you know we want to verify your name and, and what? It, it is, no. They want to verify that my name. This is, is a thing. Yeah, name verification is real. So they like we know we don't believe that your name is Josh Poetic. So we need you to send us a picture of an ID and a piece of mail. Or a government issue ID saying that's you. They're the feds. They are the feds. So they yeah. were like, you know, we're not gonna let you back on. They dead. They dead me offline. I'm like, I have to let my friends know that I'm okay. Oh, <laughs> God. I have to tell them that I didn't, you know, because the thing is like when you pass away or something like that, your Facebook changes your account and that they notify people, right? You know, you can somebody can archive your account, somebody can make your account a memorial account. So Wait, what? It's a real thing. Like there are people who are not alive who still have Facebook accounts. They don't. Oh, I've heard them about them. this. So like they memorial the account or something like that. So it's like. You know, it, it just changes human interaction and it, it creates these communities of people who never physically interact in any kind of a way, you know. And uh, even now, I mean, people who know me, who've known me for years, know that the, the running joke is Jive doesn't have a You cannot call Jive. You can't, you can't, if you, if you want to meet him somewhere, you can send him an email. He's going to check his emails at the end of the day yep. and then he'll respond to you when he can. Wow. <laughs> and I didn't have a phone, right? Because I felt like, you know, we survived so long on this planet without them like you know if you're going to need to be somewhere you know you be there and yeah. i'll be there and then that's it you yeah. know but the phone now tells me oh, i'm not going to be there and you're on your way so what turn mm-hmm. around or i'm gonna send you an email you gotta respond right away or the opportunity is going to move and it changes it speeds everything up and sometimes you know you need time to process these things so i didn't have one now i have to have one but mm-hmm. but yes yeah, so that's like how technology just really affects interaction and how it allows people who are normally introverted to be extroverted because yeah. it gives you your own pace and your own a lot of amount of contact online too, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm really comfortable on stages, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm comfortable in classrooms, but with strangers. If I'm in a room with like you know three or four <laughs> strangers, I'm like, all right, I'm watching everybody. <laughs> I don't want to talk to nobody, you know. We I gotta warm up slow, but the internet lets me move faster through that. So. Yeah, I do like how. Um, Facebook can allow you to become... In some ways, I like how Facebook can allow you to become an extrovert. In some ways, I'm like, mm, all right, y'all. Right. You well, know what I mean? No, well, there's possibility that comes with it. Yeah, the possibility... I mean, I, I think sometimes people will literally give themselves license to, as my mother calls it, talk out their neck right. just because you're on Facebook. 100%. And, and I don't know, man. Like I'll see some people say some outlandish shit on Facebook and everybody go like, yeah, fuck them too. And I'm like, you never met them. You like, never met that person. Why you all? And it'd be yeah. a real ass person. Not no like celebrity person who are also real people. But you know what I mean? Like someone just like of a piece with your block. And, and a, part, a part of me is like, see, man, you're not real. Like, if you That's really right. didn't fuck with that person, you probably wouldn't be, one, saying it on Facebook. And two, I wonder if this person saw this and they challenged you to a fight, would you actually, you know, give them the hands? Probably not. You're probably just on behind your keyboard, you know? So I don't really oh, fuck with that. saying, like, we should stab them in the neck or, like, you know <laughs> what like, I mean? Like, that, that, the comment like, section gets crazy. It gets weird yeah. or, or it's just like, yeah, fuck that girl, too, and her politics, I, 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 this, that, and the third. I'm like... Would you tell her that? Yeah, I don't see won't. y'all are friends on the Facebook. I don't see that. So I don't really... Why, what you saying it for? You and just trying real. to bother people, yeah. Well, you know, because the responsibility that comes with, you know, being anonymous, right? People mm-hmm. think, okay, well, you can't... Really, I'm hiding behind... Some people are fake named. They're cities away. And they'll say whatever they want. They're yeah. vicious. And then you see them in real life and they're like, yo, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Crazy. You know? 
You know, uh, with the Roddy, the Roddy Rebel song, you talk that stuff on your computer, man. <laughs> you know, like, but it's, it's a real thing because it allows people to be, you know, alter ego. It allows them to be personalities and characters and, and do this irresponsible stuff that is vicious and it's mean and is socially uh, destructive. Mm-hmm. And you see them in real life and then that's not even them. I've seen people on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram say things and I see them in real life and I'm like, this is not even the same person. Yeah. <laughs> you are a completely different human being. In real yeah. life, it's dangerous, you know. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm bad. Like I told, you, I'm bad at Twitter. I tweet. <laughs> I lose followers every time. <laughs> <laughs> I tweet away two followers like every time. Oh man! <laughs> so I just only thing I do with Twitter. I just I do Instagram. I share it on Twitter. And nice. Post, and that's it. But, but that's still an exponential rate, you know, losing two a I'm tweet. Really, yeah, I'm yeah. Still, I'm still, you know, I'm alienating them two at a time every day. <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Why do I do not know. I have no clue. What, give us a sample tweet. What is what my tweets? Are, my, I don't know. My tweets are regular tweets. You know, They're like what's up, y'all? It's job poetic. No. I'm like, I'm like, hey, everybody, it's me. They're like, yeah, we're good from here. <laughs> They're like, sorry, wrong job. Right, wrong guy, wrong guy. You know. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm too conservative. With my, maybe I'm scared to tweet. I don't know what it is. I tweet the wrong stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I'll say something and, like, oh, I should tweet that. And I'm like, all right, how do I fix this? Tweet it. It's not 140 characters. And the next thing I know, it's a whole new tweet. And I'm like, yeah. I can't. Hit this. <laughs> so I actually got, like, I, when I first got my Twitter, because I didn't want Twitter, and it's like 2013, I first got my Twitter. And I remember I tweeted like I, I tweeted like a quote, like a Jamal May quote. Mm-hmm. And then Mega texted me, shout out to Mega, and he was like, Oh, you're gonna be that kind of Twitter person? He's gonna <laughs> tweet like poety shit and smart shit, you know, like that's not what this is for. And I was like, oh, damn it, I'm doing it wrong. Like I, I didn't know what to do. I still don't really know what to do, to be honest. I was just like out there. I think Mega, I think Mega just tw- Mega just hit me on Twitter. I'm sure he did. Shout out to Mega Yo, by far. Mega. <laughs> by far, Mega. Looking for parties. You that know man just be on Twitter. Yeah. Like Mega, is, Mega, look, Mega knows everything you need to know about Twitter. He knows soca music and he knows <laughs> he knows Nintendo 64. <laughs> Mega's skill set is strong. <laughs> I watched Mega and Omar Holman have a, a Nintendo 64 oh. battle, and it's like nobody else could even walk up the stairs. These guys are wow. going so hard, man. Yo. Shout out to Omar Holman too, to man. Blackdogproblems.com is a great yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so John, you know, usually we like to go back. Tell us, tell us about where you're from and, and how you got started writing. All right. Uh, all right. I was born upstate New York. Um, I, I, I ran out of there as fast as I could. It was a very, <laughs> very violent place. Um, how did I get started writing? I was always. I, Away from the microphone, and you got, you got. people at home, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I've been, I've been always interested in language. I had a fascination with language since I was very young. Um, I used to go to my mother was a grad student when I was very young, so I used to go to the library with her. And I, for some reason, I didn't want to check out the books. Like the books, she always used books. Books were a punishment for me, right? Mm. Like, Why don't you sit down and read a book in your room with the dark? <laughs> like, sucks. I hate reading books. <laughs> so what she would do is, I went to the library with her. She would let me check out like the vinyl records. Mm. And what I would do is, like, I would read the lyrics in the cover. Oh, I would write the words yeah. down. I would try and transcribe the words. Not necessarily trying to rap because it wasn't just rap music. It was like Michael Jackson lyrics. Right. I was interested in Stevie Wonder. I was interested in Prince. Sade mm. lyrics. I was really interested in. That. I probably was 
probably was too advanced for my young brain, but... <laughs> you have to keep rewinding to try to figure out what they said? Uh, I did. No, I had the vinyl records. I just looked oh, at Nita. Right. I had the lyrics and I had the vinyl records. I was like transcribing. So I always had like a fascination with how words fit together. I like to always tell stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of my early poems, I remember writing a poem to a... a I remember I wrote a poem to a girl once. I was Ooh, like seventh grade. There's always a girl. There's always a girl. Hey, yeah. guys, slow it down and tell us this story. Yeah, yeah, yes, you gotta tell us. Also, first poem I wrote was also a love poem. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it was to my mama, so oh, always was about getting my oil changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the pride. Sorry, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm down. saying I feel you. All right, all right. So, I will, so I wrote this poem to this girl, right, man, and um, I, I didn't think it was that good. I was like, this is all right, whatever, man. I'm just gonna write this joint, right? <laughs> and I wrote it. And there were two of them. I wrote one and I wrote another one, right? And I figured, like, okay. I'm gonna hide them, right? I'm gonna hide them in separate locations. That way, if one gets discovered, <laughs> oh I got something. Wrong. <laughs> Wait, what were your hiding oh, places? What? what were your hiding places? Yo, so so one was hidden in my desk in school, right? So I was like, I was gonna wait for the right moment, give it to him, boom, <laughs> right? right? But it's gonna take a week of preparation, right? First, I was gonna have of to course. like, you know, be nice to her at lunch. <laughs> and then I spent like the whole half of the school year walking this girl home, right? Yeah. So, like, and one day I was gonna like spring a note on her, right? I'm like buying her snacks from the store. Snacks. Get, she oh, drops her pencil and get, just like slide I just it happened on the to ground. Give her the pencil, right? you know? <laughs> and I hid the other one at my house. I was like, okay, boom. I'm gonna hide the other one at the house. Once the school note gets discovered. Backup notes, right? Backup home, right? <laughs> Amazing. Copy the backup note. Amazing. That is so smart. Problem is, both, both poems got discovered, right? Oh, no. All right, so I have a sister, right? She she had to be Ooh. like four at the time, Dang. man. And she found it, gave it to my mother, right? Dang. My mother's a scientist, right? She doesn't really, poetry's a weird thing for her, right? She's huh. reading this and she's like, well, I don't know if this is what you really feel. I don't know if this is like, oh, this is terrible, right? <laughs> I go, fine. How, how you said you were in seventh grade at the moment? I, yeah, I was in like seventh grade, man. Six, is, maybe sixth, seventh grade, yeah. And this is in Brooklyn? Where are you? No, this is upstate. This, this, this is still upstate. This, this right, still upstate. Ahead, Do you ahead. remember any lines from the ball? Nah, nah, I don't, man. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And so, so then, the mom discovers the so poem. So the mom discovers the poem, and she she's kind of like teasing me about it. She's kind of like, you know, scientific <laughs> brain explaining to me why I like girls and this stuff. Oh my god. You know, I'm like, this is. She oh gives you the talk. Yeah, so she's, she's, like, she's like clumsily giving me the talk, right? And she's like, she's trying to be cool about it. And But the thing is, like, so I tried to write the note in a like persona voice. Like, I wrote the note from somebody saying, like, okay, you know. He likes you, and you know, he wants to deal. <laughs> and I was gonna leave the note so she could find it. Like, oh, somebody told me that you liked me, and I'm like, it was me. <laughs> I'm working on wait, this sexy. Wait, 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 wait. Like what? That's genius. You know, yeah, wow. I was gonna hide the note in her desk, and she was gonna find it, and it's like. It's me because we had just talked about you know personifications, oh my alliterations, and pistols. We talked about pistols wow. and stuff. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna write the letter. It's gonna look like it's the boom. It's gonna be really from me, but I'm gonna be. Uh, all right, so <laughs> that's <no>. deep. You, <laughs> you had levels to it. I was, it was trying like, to work this I thing out. Just, it can't just be a love letter from me. It's yeah. gotta be a love letter from someone else about me. Yeah, <laughs> like yo, I heard he's a really nice guy. <laughs> I heard he's kind of handsome. He's yeah, kinda yeah, nice yeah. All this up. stuff he's gonna be. <laughs> Mr. Harleen, the gym teacher wants him. All of this stuff, right? So so I have all of this stuff in there. My mom finds that note. And then I get to school, but I had a backup the backup home. I'm like, okay, cool. 
right, I gotta still continue with the mission, act like everything is you know normal. <laughs> and uh, I'm walking, I'm walking around. It's, it's, I'm still weeks away from giving her the note though, because I still gotta keep walking her home, man. I gotta get you know. <laughs> you can't, you can't, can't speed just, up the process. No, I gotta, it's I gotta, you know, I gotta leave. Problem is, this kid named Jamar found the note. Damn it, Jamar! Oh, and he oh gave it to her. No! And he gave it to her. And she was weirded out. She wasn't sure if it was like, she wasn't sure if it was from him. She wasn't sure. And she's like, nah, found it. And she didn't say nothing. She just walked up to me. She was like, she's like, quote it to me. I'm like, wait. How did you get home? Oh, no. Quoted it to me, and uh, we were in like Mr. We were, we were in Mr. Sloan's uh, science class, and wow, she just starts to Mr. Sloan. Shout out to Mr. Sloan, man. Mr. Sloan, man, teaching us all about biology. <laughs> you know, Mr. Sloan. So Mr. Sloan was uh, this particular day, Mr. Sloan was getting on us because. We were using the word be to be the verb to be wrong in this class. We're like, don't be talking like that, Mr. Sloan. He's a science teacher. We decided right. he's going to correct our English today. Oh, great. Right. So she starts quoting the, the poem. Right. Sloan saying, like, so, so, so she's quoting this poem to me, and I'm like, I could lie, but she has it. So, yeah. and she, uh, it, did, it didn't impress her like I thought it would. Yeah. But, uh, I, there's, a, there's actually a, I think there's a poem about that poem somewhere, man. And um, it talks, I had to walk her home and all that stuff. So, so you still walked her home after that? I, I had to keep the game going, man. So I, yeah. I continued walking her home, man. It just extended. Then, I, you know, we, we kind of stayed cool through high school, man. Oh, <laughs> she, oh that's good. She never, yeah, she never really, she never really, uh, she never really gave me a hard time about the poem. That's but, good. But uh, she started Ew. telling everybody that I was her cousin. And so, Ew. yeah, it got weird. It's like she, no, so it's like, she's like, no, she was creating a distance. Like, no, we're friends. Like, oh. cousin friends. Like, cousin friends? You're, you're, you're not going to be my boyfriend. That's, that's how you do it. <laughs> that's how you do it. You, you throw the cousin label. like, ah. Oh, that's worse than a friend zone. She's a lady. Yeah. yeah. She's cousin, cousin, cousin land. Cousin, cousin zone is, is harder to break out of than friend zone, Well, man. because like, you're, you know, there's family there. There's family. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it got really weird, man. And I was like, okay. Okay, so um, you know, poems suck, right? And I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> and so then I write it. You played the poem. The poem. <laughs> this is all the faults of the poem. Yeah, it, I mean, it probably was some planning errors on my behalf, but um, <laughs> thoroughly though. I tried. The poem just, was I, very thorough. I did not hide my my hiding places were not effective. You know? <laughs> a four year old can discover them, you know. <laughs> and then I think the next time I did a poem for somebody, I was uh, maybe I was in. I was in college, like maybe my freshman year, like the summer before my freshman year, I was in that EOP program. We had to go stay over the summer. And I wrote this poem. There's, there's another girl involved, right? Hey. And I wrote the poem for her. And then she starts spell checking it, right? What? Um. <laughs> Underlined this stuff in it. And then she gives it back. I'm like, all right, poems suck. I'm never doing it. <laughs> poems keep sucking. She thought you were going to get your reference feedback. Yeah, she thought, because we had the same English teacher. And I'm like, nah, I wrote this. And I'm like, yo. She you thought you. She was her, your editor. Yeah, she did. She, I was like, no, this is for you. And she was like, yo, thank you. Now let's look at. Okay, now look. This is this is not the one you mean. <laughs> <laughs> you want a more yo, specific yo, but image. Yo, credit. You do seem, you know, even from the beginning to to the women, right? Are are just like they can quote them. They they want to edit them. Like they yeah. were kind of in your corner a little bit. A little bit. Like I mean, to the writing's to credit. I mean, look, I, I was I was I wasn't too fragile. I was like, okay, look, um, yeah, yeah, go ahead, spell check it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and she, she, she spell checked it and she gave it back and I was like alright cool so uh, are, are you my girlfriend now or no and she was this time it worked oh, oh, this, time it worked. this time it worked this time it what? actually worked this time it actually worked Plot twist. so are you my girlfriend now yeah yeah it actually worked and then listen, um, listen podcast world 
Uh, you're looking for a quick tip, you know what I'm saying? It's springtime right now. It might be summer by the time you yeah. get this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you my girlfriend now? What? Yes, it, it worked. Are you my life. girlfriend now? And, uh, <laughs> and then she was like, you know, yeah, let, yeah, I'm down, you know. And then, uh, but then she had another boyfriend, and he lived in the Bronx and all that. And, uh, Bronx. And, uh, and, yeah. So she had, she had like, a, she had like a whole, she had like a whole legit family though. Like she had, a, she had a boyfriend, like a son, and everything. Like we were oh, in college, right. and I'm like confused. I'm like, wait, I just became like a stepdad. <laughs> 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 that fast. That was right? very quick. That was, it happened so fast. Again, you know? it's the poem's fault. The po- I blame all of this on figurative language, man. It's all the fault of the fast. poem. So wait, this was in college? This was like, my, yeah, this was like uh, when I was like my, the summer before my freshman year. So yeah. when did you come to the city and was that, you know, in conjunction with your participation in poetry communities or did that come later? No, no, no. So I came to the city. I came, I came back to the city. I first came to the city when I was like seven. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, my mother was in grad school, so I was back and forth, you know. And then my uncles were still living here. My uncles were living here, so I would come and be here with them, have part time back upstate, you know what I mean? And uh, I think I moved. I moved here. I had an internship like back in the nineties, maybe two thousand. And I was that's it. I'm moving back to the city. Um, I had a, had a girlfriend at the time. So <laughs> I was a girl involved somewhere around here. <laughs> but it's, and then there's a poem. I actually, I broke. She broke up with me on my birthday, right? Oh. And um and then I'm like, that's it. So I'm like, that's, that's it. I'm I'm going back to the city. There's no reason to stay up here, man. Dang. And um and I just left and I came. I came. I had, I think the first poem that I did for a open a slam. The first poem that I did in a slam. I was in college and it was a letter to that to that girl that I mm-hmm. had broke up broken up with me and uh, I didn't. It was way too long. It was like seven pages. And, <laughs> wow. And, but people sat through and they were like they were clapping and I said, okay, I might be on to something here. Right? <laughs> and um. And I think I stumbled. I had stumbled into the back to the New York week, and I'd heard about it. And then um, I read it there, and I le- I made it to the second round. What year is this? This had to be like maybe two thousand, mm. maybe maybe yeah, it was, it was probably two thousand. And I made it to the wow. second round, and I left. I didn't even realize that there was a third, there was a second round. Oh, <laughs> so I walked out. I'm like, all right, I'm good from here. I leave, <laughs> and I saw the host at the time. The host was Nathan P. And uh, I saw him again. There was a place that's called Soul Salsa in Harlem. Soul Salsa was interesting. It was a it was a uh, soul food. It was a Mexican soul food fusion restaurant what? in pre-gentrified Harlem, right? It was, wow! <laughs> it was so dope. It held like maybe Yo. fourteen people at a time. Uh-huh. Like sixty of us were in there. Uh-huh. Right? And uh, and I and he I saw miss, me. Like, I missed my golden age. You, that was yeah. it. New York City. That Mexican was my soul food infusion, man. Awesome. And, uh, <laughs> Nathan P. had remembered me. He was like, hey, you're child poetic. You know, you, you made it to the second round. You're supposed to do another poem. And I'm like, oh, man. And I went back the next week, and I didn't make it to the next round again. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so from there, I didn't. I had a television job. I worked at uh, ABC. I worked at All My Children, the soap opera. Nice. Wow. And, oh, then, um, I love the soap opera. Did, did you work? I, worked, I worked at All My Children, and I worked at uh, One Life to Live. Mm. Wow. Right? She loves both those soap operas. She loves it. Yo, I, I like. I, I didn't realize I knew as much about soap operas until I got the job. My grandmother apparently uh, mm. conditioned me my whole life to know about soap <laughs> operas. So I, yeah, I worked and I just one day they were gonna renew my contract and I was like, you know, I had my conversation plans. They're gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. And they're gonna say this, and I'm gonna be good because I'm gonna go do my art, right? And I had overplayed my hand. I'm like, okay, well I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna be a full time artist. And they're like, wow, we're gonna offer you a coordinating producer job. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. right. <laughs> but um, but no, I stuck with it. And I just quit. Yeah. And I just wow. coach you full time, and uh, and that was it. Cause uh, did I mean, you go to the Emmys with Susan Lucci? I did, I did, <laughs> absolutely, I did. Wow. So, so they have you know, so okay, at the uh, at the Emmys they have with a seat fillers, right? 
And then, you know, if they have C-fillers and they also have people who, like, you know, you take the, the star, the celebrity around. Since I had already worked at, I was already at all my children, mm-hmm. they was comfortable with, well, you just go with Susan and make sure, you know, the paparazzi don't get her, make sure she just gets to wherever she, you know, just kind of walk around. And I'm like, you know, why not? You yeah. know? Yeah. So, so I'm doing... <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if her publicist is going to kill me for this conversation. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I did. I did, man. And for some reason, she thought my name was Mervyn, too. Man. <laughs> <laughs> she, she thought my name was Mervyn. <laughs> she Mervyn all the time, man. <laughs> I think he just killed us. He's like... She did. Yeah. on she, the floor. She 100%. And she's such a nice person. Like, she's not acting like no, She's really a nice person. It. She's really such a nice person. It's just in her brain. I was Mervin. No. Right? She's like, she like, hey, Mervin. I'm like, my name's not Mervin. <laughs> <laughs> my name's not Mervin. She's like, okay, Mervin. I'm like, that's, that's, not, that's not it, man. That's wrong. Yeah, man. And um, she gave me, she gave me, Christmas, like, she you gave know, me. like, sit down on this bench, Susan. Yeah. She's she not a place to be. Come on, come on, Mervin. Get present. Let's go. She gave me a Christmas present once. She gave me some hair care products. That uh that I can't use because I don't have that type of hair. But See, I have, I have, wow. But she, she thought you were a white man named Mervin. But no, she had seen me though. She, I know, she, but she thought you were a white man named knew, Mervin. She did. She I have, I still have the products at home. I don't I never I maybe I'll send you guys a picture. That'll be something good. That'll be something good for the podcast. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. I'll, you, I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you the picture. That's I'll amazing. It. Like, I think it has like a signature on it or something like Aww. that. Susan Lucci gave it to me. Yeah. Man. And, um, it's so sad because it's rooted in kindness in a way. It's like she like they they met like that's the thing like sometimes man you know white people they mean well but they, you know but then you get inferior hair products I got I got like mousse and like, <laughs> I had like this hair now I had like, <laughs> like I had the same hair I've I, always had yeah, <laughs> did you did you even have a beard at I had the time, no though? beard you this, couldn't even mousse the beard no this this beard is uh. 20, 2010, 2011 Word. beard, you know. Susan Lucci was like 2000, early something like that. No so beard. there was no beard. There was no even. My beard was not cooperating. My beard had its own personality. Like, look, we're going to grow right here. That's it. That's all the beard you get, man. You get no tea beard, and that's you deal with that, brother. But, um, but yes, but I, I quit. I was like, you know what? I have to go do my art. I sat, I'd sit in the office after my work was done. I'd be writing poems all day. I'd be mm. writing poems. And, and I'd, be, I'd be calling my friend. I'd be calling Mahogany Brown on the phone. Like, yo, you got to hear this poem. Shout out to Mahogany, yo, Brown, man. Because she was already like, yo, we got to do this poetry stuff. Let's yes. go. And um, I was like, nah, but we got to work at my job. And did. You know? So you met Mo at the New York? No, I met Mo. I met, we were, believe it or not, Mo and I were both working in the hip-hop industry, right? Uh-huh. I was working at a public relations firm called JLM Public Relations. Man, we handled, like, uh, uh, like Chumpawamba. I don't know if you remember Chumpawamba. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Violator Records. Wow. Uh, uh, VP Records, which is Barris Hammond, Barron's Leave, and all these guys, right? We had, like, these big accounts, and Mo was writing for, like, Double XL and the nice. Source magazine and all those right. things. So we would give assignments directly to her. And then like, the guy who was kind of like my mentor at the, the relations firm, his name was Dave. Dave was, Dave is like, probably top five coolest guys I ever met. The problem mm-hmm. is Dave still kind of talks like it's, like, you know, 87. So, yeah. like, his hands is always doing like this when he's talking. He's like, yo, let me tell you something, homie. Right? And he's always talking <laughs> like that, right? I got, I, got, I got this girl. She do poems and all Wait, that. describe what you're doing. All right, now, I got, I got three fingers, two middle fingers are bent. And I'm, I'm doing them like a B-boy stance, moving back and forth. So, if you could imagine me rapping along to Sugar, Rapper's Delight or something like that. Right. That's, that's, Dave's, that's Dave's tone of speech, that's the right? Hands. So all Dave, the time. That's it. That's Dave's tone of speech. And he was like, yo, she do poems and all that. She got one of them features uptown. And, and I'm like, well, look, let's go. And then 
Mahogany called the office one day and she didn't know if I was good or not at poems, so she made me audition for her. She's I don't even know if she, wow. she, wow. she was like, she wow. like, let me hear a poem now wow. over the phone, and then you can know I'll tell you what that show is, you can come to the show. Boss, boss moves, <laughs> boss moves day one. Wow. This is the first conversation. This is like this is like our first conversation. This is wow. conversation. Because Mahogany is a boss. Because she's a because like Mahogany, look, Mahogany. It looks she she has a lot of success now, but Mahogany is really a legit OG in this poetry, and like legit, <laughs> and that's from like I've been doing it since like like you know 2090s and something like that. She's been doing it. She's been on TV. Mahogany Brown was on TV doing poetry before Death Poetry Jam was. Yeah. She was on. She, uh, she was on Real. She get mad when people bring it up. Mahogany was on a show called Real Sex, right? It is the Panani Poets HBO. on HBO, and this is long before. Maybe it was a little bit around after around the same time. I think. MTV had that poetry unplugged show, oh, and it was, it was a rise. So she was she, she was doing this in maybe like ninety seven, ninety eight. It was in the nineties, right? So she had already been doing this, and she was like, "Look, I got this feature, but uh, I need to hear your poems before." You. So I'm at work, and the boss is like the next cubicle over, and like you know, are you like in business? Kind of I am. In a time? I, I am. I am. I have paint on. The picture. Let's paint this picture. <laughs> I have on a pair of 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 of. Like khaki color pants, they're Tommy Hilfiger pants because it was Ooh. the early 2000s. So this was, he, was, he, was, he was wavy if you had this on. True. I had on my, uh, True. I had, had on an Eddie Bauer. <laughs> had on an Eddie Bauer sweater. I don't even recognize wow. you. Yeah, Eddie Bauer's, I had on an Eddie Bauer sweater and a white button up underneath the Eddie Bauer sweater, right? Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And of That's course, deep. but, but I did the collar have, over the sweater. I, I had, no, yeah, the collar was up a little bit, but it was unbuttoned so you could see the double collar. And then I had Ooh. the, uh, of course, I have a pair of Timberland boots. Those, never changed. Never changed. Never changed. New York, yeah, New York, New York, construction Tim's had to be there either way, right? So, so <laughs> above so, all, you're from New York. Yeah, above all, there's a New York issue, man. What am I doing here without those, right? So, <laughs> so uh, she she hears the poem, and I'm like, well, look, she want to hear the poem. Oh God! But she might steal my poem. Oh, so, this is where your head is. This is my right? head. This is my head. So I'm like, yo, I, she better not steal my poem. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do this other one. I'm not gonna do my nicest one right now, right? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm telling my boy Dave, I'm like, I'm like, Dave, who is this? This is a lot to calculate in like five seconds of having a conversation. This is how my brain works. <laughs> my brain is processing a lot of stuff at once. And she said, let me hear a poem. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm like, yo, Dave, who is this? Basically, just do the poem for man. So I, I, I kicked this poem, right? To her, and then she says, all right, all right, I'm gonna tell Dave the address for the, for the event. Right, and then Dave takes me up to Soul Salsa. We pick her up, and Dave takes me up to Soul Salsa, and uh, and then she rocks, she rocks her poem, and then I get on the open mic, and I have this whole thing. I'm gonna like impress everybody with my call and response, right? I'm gonna do this call and response. Right. Then, of course. I'm now freestyle. I've never practiced this call and response. I'm gonna just do it, right? Oh you would never practice this. No, 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 no. I've never. <laughs> I've, I, I was a DJ. I call and response okay. to DJ all the time. Right, right, I figure right. it can't be that hard to translate this over. The problem is I give the audience the, like the, the thing that they go on. So I'm say this. Y'all say this. The problem is I forgot my love. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And I said a variation of the line, and they didn't respond, right? <laughs> they didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to say. And it's like, this at the time, it was like, let's see, Mahogany was the feature, Lamar Hill was the feature, Jaron Lyles was the feature, and and uh, 
and Nathan P was the host. And so I said the variation of the line, and nobody responds. And Lamar, I don't know if you guys know Lamar Hill. He's got kind of this yeah. really booming voice. So Lamar goes, man, that ain't even your line. <laughs> <laughs> he called you out. Yeah, he said, you supposed to say this. And we go, wow, <laughs> man. But that's community. Yes, yeah, community. I'm like, this is terrible, man. I'm failing at this. <laughs> Yo, can I just say, the amount of perseverance you know what I mean I ain't gonna quit a man I that your poetry career took like I ain't gonna quit starting with like your four year old sister finding your phone yeah. moving to like Lamar Hill being like yo that's not your law man devastating yeah. I, I ain't gonna quit a man at any one of those points I might have been like alright y'all that's it for me I'm going home I'm gonna be an accountant I'll see y'all later yeah, although I feel like maybe it's just me too but like in this city, it almost is a rite of passage to come oh, here yeah. and be forgettable, to be booed, to be oh, laughed yeah. on all day. You have to. You have to. I just know when lines. I came to New York City, I was like, I'm moving there from Ohio. I've got my Ohio poems. People in Athens, Ohio think that I've got a good thing going on. Mm. I'm going to Poetry Slam, and I got like eighth out of eight. And was forgettable. And I didn't, like, get robbed or anything. I just, like, legitimately <laughs> was the last best. You were like, the judges were right. Yeah, I remember going home and being like, oh, man, I got to write better poems. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, I've, if I'm going to do this. Well, actually, yeah. I spent, like, six months being like, I'm not a writer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I need to, like, write better poems. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, look, I, I had to keep going, man. I mean, it, it was no way I was turning back. Man. Wait, now I'm curious. Like, what was the call and response? I don't remember. It you was don't remember? Like, it was like, it was something so corny, man. Oh, I'm man. not saying John. You say poetic. If I was, he didn't forget his own name. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I did forget my name, but Mahogany Brown actually changed my name to John Poetic. It was actually really? this is it. oh man, you guys this exclusive. podcast exclusive. <laughs> so exclusive. so my name originally was it was originally no got special guest in the studio. Yeah. Oh man. So so my name originally was uh the Jive Poetic, right? You're kidding. I, so, there was a the There was there That's was amazing. I did assign an article to my name, man. It was the Jive. You were like the Facebook. I was and then you became Facebook. I guess. That is exactly Wait, what was I, Facebook. It was the, the Facebook. Facebook. It was the, when it was for college students, I think it was the Facebook. Yeah, right. and then oh. when they expanded and teamed up with that Napster dude, it was yeah. Facebook. Clean. Wow. So, so wow. the job poetic. Yeah, I went from the job poetic to job poetic, and Mahogany decided Good that call was stupid. Mahogany. She decided. She told me straight to my face, "That's stupid." <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so what happened? We get to the New York weekend to do the open mics. We, we were doing open mics at the time. We trust. We wouldn't even get to the Friday night yet. She had been to the Friday night. I had not. And uh, she was signing names up, and every time she was signed up, she would refuse to write. No, she was not job poetic. <laughs> nice. like, now nobody's calling you. That is dumb. I'm like, come Aww. on, man. Put it up there. That's part of my. That's me, man. She's like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. And I just, I just had to, you know, give in because, you know, she was informing me that was dumb. And sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes she would do that in front of people. So. Like, uh, oh, and look who walked look in. Who walked in. Wow. None other than. Look who walked in. Mahogany Brown. Podcast oh. makes some noise for Mahogany Brown. You're going to get a full podcast from Mahogany L. Brown in two weeks from today if you're listening to this when it drops. But if you're just binging, then you should just go to the next episode. That's true. Uh, Mahogany, we're just telling the story about how you changed the Jive Poetics name from the Jive Poetics. (laughs) (laughs) 
Look at it's him face it. <laughs> Look at her eyes. You can see the face she's making. She thought it was so stupid. She was like, that's dumb. It, it, it wasn't like she was be like on the car ride home, that's dumb. She'd be at the venue like, look, that's stupid. All right. Like, Nobody's going to call you that. All right. <laughs> That's why she. That's why she can't say that. I told him about Dave, all that. How you made me audition over the phone with you for the poem. He's like, Yo, let me hear your poem now. I need to make sure. <laughs> See, y'all thought I was playing. I walking into war with us. See. A dull bullet. Yeah. A dull bullet thong. This is over the phone with Dave. Yeah. Told you. And you, you were impressive. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so there you go. You got. You just got the. (laughs) That's amazing. So then you've been in the New York City poetry scene for sixteen years, right? Right. What is the best year? for poetry in this city. The best year that I've seen for poetry... Where you're just like, man, every who knows what you're going to hear. This is incredible. 2002. Wow. Mm-hmm. 2002, there was a poetry venue every single night, sometimes twice a night. There were twice a night poetry shows. I mean, Jimmy's Uptown was giving away 10 grand at one time. Ooh. That's right. Yeah, it was like, and you go to a show, and it, I mean, everybody who was, who has been considered a mentor or a legend probably was there, man. I mean, there was times where, I, I would have to say between 02 and 04, I had seen some of the most bl- mind-blowing things. Like, I've never seen anything like this. Who right? was there? Who, who are you talking about? Who were so, the poets on the scene at who, the time? Who were the poets on the scene at the time? Jamal, so Jamal St. No. John was winning everything, and even when he lost, he tied. Right, <laughs> Jamal, oh, that's amazing. I don't care what Jamal and and now gotta say. They, I believe they bought a house from Poetry Slam winnings. Man, they might be wow. like, we worked very hard in our life. No, I watched Jamal win. <laughs> I watched Jamal win five hundred dollars, or two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars every single Tuesday. Like every, he just won. Who buy a house off of that? Given a year? Yeah, no, no, that's the thing. You said a year. He won for years. Uh-huh. Like Jamal was so hard to beat up town, man. It was crazy. Like we would see Jamal get on stage. And, and yo, shout out to Jamal St. John. That's mm-hmm. my boy. Shout out, yo, man. we would see him get on the stage, and we would be like, all right, we can start playing it for second, y'all, because Jamal is going to win this tonight. Mm-hmm. You know I was beating Jamal and Jimmy's Uptown? Wow. And then, so Jimmy's Uptown was happening, and then it was uh, the Big Mouth Bouts were happening at Justin's, at Puff Daddy's spot downtown. The New Yorkian obviously had two spots tonight. Louder Arts was still Louder Arts. Urbana... Urbana might have still been at the, uh, they were across the street. They weren't at the, the Bowery. They were, the they had, CBGB? They were at the CBGBs, and then they moved wow. over to the thing that was over on Bowery. Then they moved to, you know. But it was something going on every single, every single night, twice. And, and like, I literally found myself falling asleep at venues because I was just overdoing it. Wow. Um, who was funding these big money poetry slams? Uh, drug dealers. No, I'm just <laughs> no. <laughs> like it was like the money was coming from these invisible. <laughs> like money was coming from places where we did not know how they had so much bread, and nobody ever could. Dude, there was a point where uh, poetry venues were getting robbed, right? Like you were telling me about this one time. Yeah, like people were showing up with shotguns to the poetry venues. Oh <laughs> people were robbing poetry. Venues? People were legit <laughs> robbing poetry venues. There was a venue in Harlem that had gotten robbed. They got hit like two, three times. Then the Brooklyn. The original Brooklyn Slam venue had got they had robbed the venue and Brooklyn Slam ended up having to be held in Yonkers. That's right. He, <laughs> he, 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 like, the most protection. Yeah, brother. shout out to my man Keith Boogie, man. Keith wow. Boogie, Boogie, who's from uh, he's from 
think he boogie might be from he's from Westchester definitely maybe he's from Mount Vernon and he was uh, hosting the Brooklyn Slam at one time he had a a, a, a a network of websites it was like you know NewYorkPost.com Albany Post he had these network of sites where you can find all the venues and he ran the Brooklyn Slam and people just ran up in there like I heard y'all giving out money <laughs> <laughs> and so the venue order was like no more slams here mm-hmm. that's it you guys are done and so we ended up having that slam up in like in Yonkers by the racetrack mm-hmm. and I had I was on the Brooklyn Slam team that year that was probably uh that might have been oh, oh, 06 actually that's when the venues was that was at the end of the robbery spree I, like, the, the end, like the, I'm, I'm mad that you even have to say that the end of the robbery spree like I'm mad that people were even sticking up poetry <laughs> like, I, I kind of love that in the, in this really weird way in that I wish it never happened but the fact that it happened now makes me laugh a great deal like I, did anyone get hurt though uh, nah, I mean, poets is, you know, you find out how tough a poet is. Really, like, poets yeah. be on stage, like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> okay, <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> You know, they get poets, I get on the floor, take their clothes. Like, there was one venue that the robber came and he made everybody take off all their clothes, lay on the floor. They just took what? Them like, it was a real thing happening, right? Dang. And so, I mean, it, it was, it was, but the thing is this, right? Poetry venues were giving out a lot of money. And this is right around the time Death Poetry Jam started appearing in those, right. or was it like maybe 02? Was it 02? Right, right. Then there were like right. fake Death Poetry Jam auditions, right? Mm. Fake so, auditions? Yeah. Like they would promote yeah. them as real? Yeah, so the dude, the dude was like, you know, you pay me uh-uh. some dough. Uh-uh. Come to the gallery, I'm going to record you and I'm going to submit your tape to Russell Simmons and Bruce George and the whole gang, right? And then you go there and it's like, you know, nobody gets the tape submitted. One time they had one right around it on DeKalb. And it was like, you know, we all went, everybody was there, everybody, like, like, Butterfly Soul and, and Israelite, Rest in Peace was there, you know, me and Mo show up, it was like, I think, I don't, it was every poet who was out at the time was there, right? And they was picking, hand-picking who, like, you sign them on the list, they was picking who they wanted to go to, they wasn't letting everybody go, right? And it was like, man, this is crazy. And if this is, this is like the height of Hate on Mahogany Brown era, right? This is mm. the height of it, this is like, what? They was, they was hating on Mo so hard this night. That the host actually said, you know, one of the hosts said, you know, Mahogany was next. And then the host says, why you acting like we was going to put her on? We was what? Like, really? <laughs> they said it I right on the microphone. And what? we was like, all right, we got to get out of here. This is just That's dumb. fucking bogus. It, this, was, this is what it was. People thought there was so much money involved in New York City Post. They was really, like, trying to, like, get competitive and, like, hoard the dough. And it was a really strange thing. So, so like, that's, and that's when really we started being like, yo, you know what? We gotta travel more, and that's when we just started leaving the country. Like we used to spend a lot of time out of the country. On this the is what I want to know about because I remember at Urban Word one time we were like we were just out, we were touring everywhere, mm. and it was like working with young people that made us come back. So how did, mm. how did y'all start traveling the world? Well, I, I think the first the first out of the country trip that we took was to Canada. We went to Toronto. And it was a shout out to Drake. Shout, 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 shout out to Drake and shout, and shout out to my man Dwayne Morgan. Dwayne Morgan holds it down out there, man. Dwayne Morgan, Drake, like, Dwayne. Drake, like Dwayne. If you could do a track with Drake, man, that would be. Or Drake, you should do a track with Dwayne. Uh-huh. Drake, Drake, Dwayne was actually writing out there longer than you. So, uh, hey. <laughs> 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 no, he was. I mean, it's historical. This is a real thing. I'm making this up. I love Drake music, but you know, you can't change timelines. So. Wow. Go ahead. So you're so, in Toronto. So, so we go to Toronto, right? We had we had just done this this Tri City Slam. This was like that. We oh man, it's so embarrassing to even retell this story. So like <laughs> Mahogany, myself, and a poet named Hostage, right? 
What? I'm sorry. That's his name, Hostage. Hostage. He was, he's, he's probably still. It just sounds like the beginning of one of those bar jokes. Yeah, like, behind the giant hostage walking to a bar. Behind the hostage walking to a bar. Yeah, we walk in a bar, right? And I met hostage that sold salsa. The, the, uh, hey, the salsa, Mexican soul food. Soul food, Mexican right. soul food. And uh, we, we go to this show in, in, in Buffalo, New York, and we were like, yo, we we going to be three poets. You can get your four coldest poets. Three on four poetry slam, <laughs> and we gonna win, right? Wow! And we gonna we gonna take anybody out. We like busy bees. We beating down all bums. We taking all titles. Right? We go up there, and uh, and we lost, right? So, <laughs> we lost. We didn't win this one. I love you. No, we, we lost in Buffalo, right? Oh, Buffalo. And so what happened was we felt like we had gotten robbed. We felt like it was like hometown home cooking beat us, right? That's what we, mm. we just. Uh, right, right. And I think we went back. And we won. Then we, we won like everything. we won like first, second, and third. Nice. And then we won like the group. We won everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so now we feel like, all right, well, we up to some of this three on four thing. So they were like, we're gonna have a slam in Toronto now. So we go to Toronto, and uh, this time we took we, brother Earl was with us. Right? So it was uh, we had to take four. They wouldn't let us do it again with the three because they was like, okay, you're not gonna beat us with three poets. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was all of us. We go to Toronto, and uh, the 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 scorekeeper. Who was also the timekeeper, and she was like, maybe she was she was somehow affiliated with finding. The, she was overworked. She was overworked, yeah. right? And so she was getting the scores wrong, ah. right? And so now we're going into the last round, and Mo is keeping score the whole time, and we are now losing, right? And Mo's like, wait, we're not winning. We're, we're winning. Mo's actually like, we're winning now. Guys, you got to get to the scorekeeper. They have the wrong scores. Either they're trying to rock the slam, or you know, they got to get it right. So we, we are outside. We're having a meeting. And everybody's like, yo, well, we the scores weren't right. You, know, you should have told us earlier. Blah, blah, blah. And then Mo showed up scores. And boom, lo and behold, Mo's right. Uh-huh. We're winning. And so now we're like, well, we we winning. Right? And they're like, well, we were losing. We didn't chose different poems. Other teams are now irate. Right? Well, they should be. Well, they should be, right? Because they, like, you know, they chose different poems. Right? right. And they're getting mad. And this is like, this is like a, a pre, this is like, Pre this version of Jive Poetic. This is like sideways fitted hat Jive Poetic. Wow. <laughs> so they're like, I didn't know there was a sideways was a fitted side, hat. He, he's Google searchable, right? <laughs> and so he, so they're like, well, we'd have made different decisions. And Mo's like, they weren't listening to me. And she's like really aware, like they weren't listening to she a woman. Right? So they weren't listening right. to a woman. Like, and so we would have made different decisions. I was like, y'all wouldn't have made no different decisions. Y'all would have just decided who's driving home. Because y'all would, and they were like, oh, oh wow, this is getting real. This is a real thing. And I'm like, so what y'all want to do? All right. And so they didn't go into this last round. And uh, we win the slam. We win. And they're not happy about it. But Dwayne is cool because Dwayne's like, I don't care. This show was good. My people came, whatever, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and that was it. So well, that was our first out of the country show together. And from there, we uh, we met. I met a guy named Tugstar. I met him at the New Yorican. And uh, he's a shout out to Tugstar, man. He's from London. Hey. And Tugstar and Nee Parks. And we, uh, we went out to London and we did some shows with them. Mm-hmm. We went, we, we had like a week worth of shows. And then we stayed an extra week. And London was so receptive to poetry that we were able to mm-hmm. book the second week while we were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just booked that. And then from London, we met uh we met we met uh Bogdan, Dr. Boogie, Dr. <laughs> Boogie Bogdan. And uh, he was he was uh he was from Poland. Mm. And we went to Poland and we uh this in is Germany. Lit. And like, then from there wow. we were able and then we realized, you know. Everybody in the city, everybody in the United States were fighting over this. This is like people really started figuring out college gigs had some money, right? Yo. So everybody's like, yo, we're going to get colleges, college gigs. And then everybody's undercutting everybody. Like, I'm going to get 1500 And everybody's like, 
I'm gonna take fifty dollars. <laughs> so now, so, so now the college money is nah, all stupid. <laughs> so people are like messing the college game, and so me, so Mo and I, we're like, well, we just might as well just go out of the country, do our thing, come back, chill, and go back and write yeah. and do some of these gigs. And then, um, I think it really was there was a, a festival in in Texas, AIPF Austin, Austin, Texas was the reason why I quit my day job. I went there. And it was so bad. I was like, I had allergies, so I was really high off Benadryl, really well, bad. Man. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I did this poem, and I sold half the CDs that I brought. That another nice. one, I sold all of the rest of them. And it was like just two poems. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not working at another day job ever. Yeah. Right? And wow. from there, we I quit my job. But then the next time, what was your day job at that time? So I was a PA. I was up. Uh, all right, so we're, we're back there. So we got, we got a timeline here, right? <laughs> so so, but then the next time we went, we went a couple of times. And then they started booking us in these venues. Like they were like, "Okay, we're gonna put you in the street posts. We're gonna oh, put you in the urban." And we knew kind urban of what was happening. Street. Right, right. And then like, I think like Mahogany and Talam AC had been beating them up in these. They had this slam to give out some dough. And either, every year, they either Mahogany or Talam AC was going to win it, right? And it was gonna be like really close ones to say like who won. And so the one year I tied with Talam for the win, they they were tied with Talam winning already. So they next year, all right, you can't slam again if you won. So I'm like, I finally won one. <laughs> and so uh, the next year they were like, we're gonna have two slams then, right? We're gonna have like, uh, I think was it just like was it all women? Was it the first one? It was, yeah. It was so it was like one we have just all women. We have the women, and then we're gonna have <laughs> the slam. Hey, the yeah. mahogany bracket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mahogany's in the slam. She literally has one all foot. Her, she's yeah. like her other foot is broken off. It's like, it's like and uh, and they tell me Talam we can't slam, right? And I'm like, I can't believe this, man. And then they secretly hand Talam a check to keep him from wanting to slam. Ooh. And I'm like, whoa, where's where's my check? Right. They give me one, right? Like, wait, they paid him not to slam. They, I, they, I believe, I don't know if they paid him not to slam. I just know they handed to Lama an envelope in front of me and said, "Hey, we sweetened up this number for you right here, right?" I'm like, "What?" Oh. <laughs> and Talam was like, "Shady business." No, no, Talam looked at me and said, "Like, you got to negotiate better, brother." Oh, <laughs> my shady business. Yes. Negotiate better. Talam has always been 100 percent with me like that. Like, hey, wow. you, you gotta negotiate oh, better, man. And he said, I was like, can't be mad at that. But that's a real one though. That's a real thing. I mean it's yeah. a real thing. It's, I couldn't be mad at that, man. So we stopped going to that. And that was really like we just gonna have to I'll work on the road, it's gotta be it. And then um I had come back from a show. I think maybe it was Germany, and I was feeling like, great, I was talking Germany, I'm traveling. And I seen this kid, like, get roughed up by the cops right in front of the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, I'm teaching all these youth in, out of the country. I'm teaching these youth in London and England, uh, Germany, Poland. And kids on my block are getting arrested and mm-hmm. brutalized. And I'm like, yo, what am I doing? Yeah. And so in that same week, I had went back to the New Yorker, and this dude says to me, John Survival Blake said to me, I was vague on your thing. John Survival Blake said to me, yo, when you start slamming, dude, and I'm like, Wait, I was already on this team three years ago. That's my, my picture. <laughs> He's like, when you start slamming, this, you gotta, this is what you got to do, right? I'm like, okay. And then, like, the next, like, uh, maybe a couple of months later, maybe, maybe, it's like, maybe it's even longer than that. It was, a, it, was, it was longer than that. I was at Urbana slamming, and I had just done the first round. And my man, Edman Chavez, yo, Edman oh, Chavez. Shout out to Edman Chavez. Edman Chavez had walked into me after the first round. I was like, all right, look, this is what you need to do in the second round. All right, you need to say this poem, this poem, this poem. I'm like... Ed, um, I had already been on this. All right, still looking out. Ed hit me up with somebody because he didn't know me. He didn't right. really know me that well. So you were out of the country. I had been gone for so long, and so what hit me was like, yo, you know what? 
I, I really New York is is my city, man, and, and people in my city don't recognize me anymore. Mm. They don't know me at the venues that I call home. I can't be gone so much so that my my town doesn't even know what I look like when I come back. Wow. And, and and the kids in my town are getting arrested right in front of my eyes. Where have I been, dude? So that's really what like slowed up that some of that stuff. And then I just you know started doing. Urban Word actually told me no. They they they, uh, they told me no. I couldn't work for them back in the day. I had applied. Like maybe maybe in two thousand three, two thousand four, they shot sent out this email saying we want mentors, and I'm like I'm down, hip hop mentor, that's me. Yeah. And they was like, nah, we're good. What? <laughs> he said, he said wow. they deaded me, they deaded me, and okay. they wouldn't let me do it. And I was like, I'll never work for them again. Uh, and like, <laughs> but then I met Mike Sorelli shortly after that. He had started working, and I did it. But like, I was like, I gotta do something, and yeah. and that was it. So that's how I ended up back in the city doing doing workshops and like that. Beautiful. That's a long way around to. Yes, I went out of the country. It was dope. And then I <laughs> gave that Yo, I feel that's like good. that's such a journey. And we're probably closing in on the end. Yeah. Uh, right but on. I'm curious, like, maybe, you know, like, what's kept you... That's, I feel like, a story of, like, what kept you in the scene uh, and what, you know, like, has sustained you. But, like, what's kept you writing for that many years? Like, what is it that pulls you back to the page now to, mm-hmm. to like... I mean, I, I don't know... I don't know if I have the, uh, the, the, the the romantic bow ending for what keeps me mm-hmm. writing, but the fact is, like, this is what I do. This is, like, I, I don't, what else, this is what I've been doing. This is what I love to do. Like, I love how language works together. I love how words sound. I love to be able to tell stories and how they balance, and that's something that I have to do, right? I Like, some people, like, some singers have to sing. Some yeah. some painters have to paint. Some some people have to do some, some you know, uh, uh, clothing makers, designers, they have to make, like, this is what I have to do. This is, this is my, this is my life, you right. know? I mean, right. I can't, even if I had another job somewhere else, I'd be trying to figure out how to write stuff yeah. there. And that's what keeps me coming back. It's just, it's not something that I think that I want to do to be famous. I, want to do that. I just can't imagine a world where I'm not writing something or I'm not using language in some kind of, of way to convey something, some kind of feeling or emotion or, or just political views or whatever so it, it right, keeps right. coming back because this is this is just yeah this is this is me this is what i this is my life you yeah. know right then i guess i have one more question that right. is like you told us about where you started what you were up to what are you what are you working on now is there anything that that is in progress for you yeah i'm stomping out racism head <laughs> on that's what, <laughs> that's what i'm doing um, no, I, I'm in I am in grad school right now, right? Hey. Which is which is very strange because I've been out of school for a very long time, and I'm like the same age as some of the professors, so it really weirds everybody out in the room. And they don't believe that I know the people in the room, right? right. <laughs> right now, I'm in the room with people. Like I sent John a text message one day from a class because I told my students I like I know John Sands and Mahogany Brown. Oh my god! And they were like, "You mean John Sands, the guy who started Urban Words?" I'm like. Do you remember I said that? I do. And it's like, I don't think he started it. No, no, we saw him there. He started it. He does all the workshops. I hate how authoritative they are. It's like, no, 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 we know. They know. I'm like, I I know John Sands. I've been texting him now. Like, you don't have his phone number. (laughs) I do, actually. Show them this. My name is John. I did not start Urban (laughs) (laughs) Let's set the record straight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. That's hilarious. Dope. Do you want to share a poem with us? Oh, do I want to share a poem? Um, I, got, <laughs> I guess I, I can do a, I can do a poem. Is there a poem that you need to hear? Should I send, send you one in the oh, the, the streetlights joint. 
Y'all want to hear this? this yeah, just yeah. Read, do it. I've, I've never done that poem in this uh, position before. All right. All right. If you're at home, I if want you home. to put your hands together. Hey. Make some noise for Jive Poetic. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Me and Jive Poetic, I'm about to do this poem. Do I tell you about the poem before or, or not, what? No, just do it. You know, not the Jive Poetic. Not the Jive Poetic. <laughs> That's going to be a fun trivia fact one day. You know, <laughs> you know, did one you know? Day. On the top of the Snapple. Jive Poetic name was actually On top of the Snapple. Yeah, Snapple facts right there. True. Facts. My neighborhood was a festival full of funk and soul and hip hop. And fist fight and gun pull and smoke clear and finger cross for speaker box kick drum to return barbecue pit block party without missing step these moments of explode and relax were used by my mother to teach survival. Mm-hmm. Rule number one always know it is time to go home. Mm-hmm. Summer camp was free lunch in the park, then back home. Mm-hmm. Trip to Manhattan, then back home. No matter where you were, if those streetlights came on and you were not home, there was a problem. If mama had to look for you, if community got involved, a problem. And solutions never came easy. We still have not solved what happened to little Tasha. And mama used to say, be a mayor of emergency vehicles, police cars, sirens, screams, cries, tears, all emergency vehicles. Be aware of how far away they are. How fast that far closed closer. How close that closed far was too late there tardy. Always made us the most almost riots always made them the most almost panicked always answered their cavalier with middle finger and curse words spoken in thrown bottle dialect always raged into flames as if our bodies were built from the kiss of match and gas can because we have not forgotten we have not forgotten Carmela Stevenson was alive when them sirens came dead when negligence dropped her from gurney to sidewalk and mama used to say distraction will get you killed pay attention to your environment Pay attention to your environment. People are temperamental environments. Mm. They change without warning. Somebody once said, I'm going to kill that motherfucker, Rasta Mike. <laughs> said going to and kill in the same sentence. Didn't see Rasta Mike again until a dark alley coughed up his body. Never let your mouth write a check. Your ass can't cash. Mm. Careful when cashing a check not written to your ass to be nosy. is to be suicidal on Jefferson Avenue. Exercise caution around strange animals. Mama used to say language is a strange animal. Mm. It hunts in subliminal subtext when tone and posture clash. Bites will not be tooth and nail. They'll be inside joke between high five and knee slap as soon as summer camp extended beyond day trip and styrofoam lunch tray. Counselors spoke to me in raggedy patchwork of street slang and condescension. Humor taught my skin to feel black in mixed company. To feel black in mixed company is to suspect sidewinder inside innuendo. As soon as you identify the laughter of a rattlesnake's tail, do not run, do not cry. Thin skin will only get you eaten alive in these streets. We still do not know what happened to little Tasha. Still do not know who killed Rasta Mike. Still do not need to not know what happened to you two. Have instincts for a reason. Use them. Use them like childhood streetlights. They will always tell you when it is time to go home. Mm. Boom. Boy, that is y'all. Give it up for Jeff. Give it up for Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very where, much. Where can we find you on the internet, Jeff? I am on the internet. I am on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, all Jive Poetic. No trick spelling. It's just Jive Poetic. Um, 
Back I'm, on Facebook. I'm back on Facebook. I had to send <laughs> them some some ID that said Jive Poetic on it, and uh, they agreed that that was my face and my name, and it matched. And so I'm back on Facebook. That's amazing. I'm on Snapchat. I don't know how to work it, so. Uh, I don't know. Can give you a tutorial. He's very I would good like at Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm very excited for this. You know? And yeah, that's 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 what it is. Or thank you, y'all. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, um, we also have a, fu- a few oh, we announcements. Have so many Aziza, you what? got a new book out. Oh, I do. Okay, Tell word. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, it's called <laughs> I Be But I Ain't. Hey, it's, um, it was the Pamet River Prize winner um, in 2015 from Yes Yes Books. Yeah. And you can pre-order it um, now for fourteen dollars. It's for eighteen dollars, but you can get that for the, the discount. Uh, and it comes out for real, for real on June first. Only uh, about a, about two hundred folks have it. You know, and that's because they have the special AWP copy. Although it's out now. When you're listening to this. Oh, yeah. Now it's out. So go go buy your book. Buy, buy the books. It's pretty. <laughs> you missed um, the discount, but you'll be You missed right. the discount. Um, but buy buy all the all the titles off of Yes, Yes. Like, these yeah. are incredible writers. Yeah, like, yeah. Erica Foreman and Brandon Courtney and Jay Despondi. Like, these are really wonderful people to read. So, um, Yes, Yes is hot. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. I have an illustrated literary mixtape that's yes. out from Radaplex. Yes. You can buy it. Uh, it's il- the poems are illustrated by a really great poet and illustrator named Edwin Torres. Uh, it's put out through Radaplex. It's called The Perfect Mix. You should check it out. Very fly. Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> well, by now you would have graduated from Poets yeah, House. Yeah, chances are, I don't know, you might be able to catch my final reading at Poets House True. June 7th. True. You know what I mean? Uh, if this is, comes out after that, you know what I mean? I'm sure I got some show coming up somewhere. Uh, <laughs> go see it. <laughs> go see it, you know what I mean? Go holler at me in real life. Uh, and look out for those crazy text messages. Yeah, man. you can find all of us on Twitter if you go to at the Poetry Gods. Our Twitters are in the description there. And if you have any questions for us that you want us to approach on the show or just any feedback other than just strictly hate, uh, tweet, you know, then you can tweet at us or email. Email thepoetrygods at gmail.com. Fly. And we also have a website, you know what I mean? Thepoetrygods.com. <laughs> yep. Uh, come, come fuck with us, you know what I'm saying? Word. You want to play a song? I think I do. Play a song! All right, y'all. See you next time on The Poetry Gods. It's very lit, as, as the kids say. What I told you, cutter. People see me, but they just don't know. Woo! People see me, but they just don't know. Woo! <laughs> people, people, Thank, thank you, you so thank much. you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me.